and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio. I'm Simon Hazeldean and I'm joined uh, by Mr. Anthony Steers, who has recently joined the Sales Chat Show crew, which is good news because unfortunately, Mr. Graham Jones, or Professor Jones, as we prefer to refer to him as has academic duties today, was unable, unfortunately, to join. But that's a great opportunity because it allows us to kind of continue to introduce Anthony to the sales chat show audience. So, Mr. Steers, welcome to this episode. Welcome back to the sales chat show studio. How are things in telephone assassin land? It's all good. Assassin HQ is is nice and busy, which is good at the moment. Yes, keeping me out of trouble. If this is the first time you've encountered Anthony on a sales chat show, he's known as the telephone assassin, uh, which is is much less brutal. Yes, it's not as aggressive as it sounds. (laughs) Yeah. So, but he's a real expert and specialist at all aspects of telephone base sales but obviously that applies you you although telephone is the core Anthony it applies in all sorts of other domains as well of sales I'm guessing absolutely yeah I I think more recently I've been described as a conversational strategist um but yeah fundamentally yeah which sounds just a bit (laughs) posh really uh you can tell it was probably a speaker who came up with that uh but yeah usually it's it's either a sort of sales or customer service focus but it's all about just helping Build confidence with conversation and helping people to lead people to make that help them make decisions. And, right. uh, and I often say that I, I'm less about teaching people to sell, but more about helping people, showing people how to help their customers to buy. Because I think that's just a, a lot more enjoyable. That, and we may return to that very thing because, folks, mm. this episode is called Is Successful Selling Really Just the Application of Advanced Common Sense? <laughs> and Anthony and I first met through the professional speaking association in the uk where we're both from which is the professional body who for people in the as you might expect professional speaking industry the the clue the clues in the the clue within the name there (laughs) and i was i was speaking at one of the psa regional events probably london and Mm -hmm. um used the phrase advanced common sense which anthony picked up on and i think it was probably in response to i think we were having a conversation about how do you describe what you do to your customers yeah yeah it really stuck with me that phrase um because in the early stages when i started doing this i had the nickname of this telephone assassin and when and when my friends kind of asked me what i did i was just like i basically just teach people in fact i think i said to you um it's hard to describe what i do i just give i just give people good manners and a bit of common sense Um, And and you kind of stopped because I'd heard you use the phrase earlier. You then said, well, actually, 
you need to say advanced common sense, otherwise people will be offended, which I thought, <laughs> yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Uh, and you kind of highlighted that a bit like common courtesy, common sense is not as common as you might hope it would be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when people then ask me, they go, oh, the telephone assassin, that sounds cool. What do you do? Uh, and I'd say, well, I get to keynote and train people, but really I just teach people good manners and advanced common sense, um, which really just means uh, I then kind of elaborate on it slightly to say, it's about understanding the emotional journey you need to take somebody through before you can reasonably expect them to take action as a result of speaking to you. And that's a lot yeah. of what we want to do in sales is influence decision making and, and get people to take action. And that and that gave us the thought for this for this kind of episode, because we were having a we were having a conversation before we came on air to record this episode about some of the aspects of common sense or advanced common sense that that we see in our work that are, are sometimes lacking and we don't mean to be disrespectful but we, if you see the same kind of errors or mistakes or or, or things happening a number of times i think you know you're duty bound to call those out to your to your clients and to and to sales people um and I, when I wrote my first book, Bare Knuckle Selling, which is a, a, an overt plug, obviously, as you would expect, uh, available from all good booksellers and and some not so good booksellers. No kidding. <laughs> and I, I, I included quite early on in the book like these three principles for selling for selling successfully, and um, they were really common common sense or perhaps advanced common sense. So, for example, it was it was the the principle that customers buy for their reasons, you know, not yours, find out, find out what they are. Right. And then also the other one was to sell to people the way that you like to be sold to these kind of, these kind of principles. So if I take that, that, that second one first, right. So sell to people the way that you like to be sold to or sell to people the you know, the way that you like to buy, nobody likes pushy salespeople nobody <laughs> likes over aggressive pitching nobody likes being pressured <laughs> into, into going ahead and, and nobody likes being quote unquote closed in that sort of <laughs> 1970s traditional coffee is for closers go you know go for the kill go for this sort of stuff that's not that's just not the way people like to work right and increasingly more so as time as time goes on i think as as, as society develops etc but with that in mind anthony with this concept of you know sell to way people like to buy because you said right at the start there you're you're there's an emotional journey that the customer goes on and you've often described your your work as helping people to buy rather than rather than selling quote unquote so yeah. what's your perspective on that as a, a well, common I, sense principle well i just i suppose it kind of answers that question of that's how i like to buy i i i, I, I generally we've done a bit of research before we get there but if we go into a retail environment and we're hand on our chin looking at the looking at the product um one would hope that one of the staff would step in and say was there anything i could help you with and actually i would much rather that uh that feeling than going into a shop and being kind of stalked around the shop or when they pounce on you as soon as you go in there and and kind of go if you need anything i'm here and and you don't want to feel that so for me i think helping people to buy is just a a, a nicer way of thinking about selling 
um, and everybody likes to be helped. Like you say, nobody likes to be sold to. So that's my kind of philosophy around it. But um, yeah, the like to us, some of this stuff is kind of common sense. But you mentioned that in your book, you've had brilliant reviews from that book, but you've just described those three key points as just simple common sense. Well, they are kind of common sense but sometimes yeah. it's hard to see the wood for the trees or if you've been chasing a prospect for a long time and you finally get through to them the desperation or the excitement can sometimes overwhelm you and you just blurt yeah. pitch down the phone and i think also it's it's when i'm doing consultancy with customers and we're looking at uh, for example having a sales process in the organization so we know from sort of research, um, there's there's good research that when salespeople follow a structured sales process and they receive, you know, good quality coaching, eighty plus percent of people hit quota. So it's, there is a there is a certain process that that works in in sales that's that's effective and 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 can be and can be yeah. followed. But it doesn't exist on its own it's not a sales process that floats in the middle of in the middle of nowhere there is a customer buying process the customer has a process they're going to go through uh which is you know they broadly speaking they identify they've got some sort of problem or opportunity so or something changes that triggers that mm -hmm. then they want to go and say okay um what might be a possible solution they do some research particularly now they go online they start looking for information about what they might want to they might want to mm -hmm. consider they might want to look for yeah. then they're then they're able to say okay this is what a potential solution or or, or product etc service that might meet our needs or our problems looks like then the next stage is okay who is out there who might be able Mm -hmm. to help with us and you've got to remember as well the modern buying process they're a long way through it before they want to talk to a salesperson right that, that's yes. the you know so you know maybe we mm -hmm. should challenge ourselves as a profession about how much value we're bringing if we're only being engaged very late right but that's the way mm -hmm. then they're going to approach they're going to start to have conversations with one or more potential providers and then you know carry on through that process of asking for Mm -hmm. you know some sort of proposal or some sort of uh, offer those i think you, you move you move through that yeah. process so i think it's very important to understand what process the buying process the customer is going to go through so you can align your sales process to that mm -hmm. so you are providing customers what they most need to help them to make a buying decision and and be slightly ahead of them mentally, so you know where where they're likely to be, so you can be prepared and professional and prompt mm -hmm. when they reach each stage in their in their buying process. So find out how they're going to buy. Ask them what process, and then they they may not always be entirely conscious of it, and they won't necessarily lay it out. Mm -hmm. But have a conversation with them about how they're going to do it yeah <laughs> and focus on them you know absolutely. absolutely the more you know about them and i we obviously meet so many salespeople who say they do a solution sell and it makes me laugh when they jump in and do all the talking at the beginning because i think yeah. well how can you do a solution sell until you understand the situation or the problem and the client knows that you understand it it's yeah. not just you understanding it they need to know that you get their problem before you can offer the solution which is why i often say you can't do a solution sell on a first call because i'm yet to meet anybody who will admit their biggest fear or problem to a complete stranger on the telephone 
Mm. Um, so more complex solution sounds like that are almost impossible. Um, yes. But interesting, because you talk about that process um, as a as a buyer, uh, almost that was the process of a, a prospect be- becoming an inquiry. That's them walking into your shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, when I do uh, a lot of my stuff with some of the people who are on the phone who have to do the BDM stuff and they're 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 doing the the lead generation. Um, sometimes you can get ahead of that and that's where you kind of reach out to your market that you know that you have a solution for um and you've heard me kind of do this before is i uh, when prospecting the most common objection usually is bad timing you, yeah. you introduce yourself and they say that's great but we're not looking for that right now which is why i i use that as part of my uh, sort of introduction and my permission to speak i, I use that analogy of dropping off a pizza menu by saying well, hey, Simon, I, I'd introduce myself. I'd say my name's the tele- Anthony. I'm known as the telephone assassin. Don't worry, it's not as aggressive as it sounds. I do a very specialist type of training to stop people um, hiding behind their emails, but I'm assuming you're probably not looking for training right now. So by putting that out there at the beginning, you, I make it very clear that I'm just dropping off a pizza me- my pizza menu. I'm not knocking on your door and trying to take an order. And what I tend to find is that majority of people um, confirm that you're correct and then they justify it. They'll say something like, oh, yeah, you're right, Anthony. We're not looking at training right now because we have a program that runs till the end of the year or because we don't have any budget until the summer or or we're uh, recruiting at the moment. So we'll need to induct people first. So they'll start to then give me an indication of when they're going to be hungry for my services. And that's a great place to be where I can start cultivating a relationship with somebody who's going to have a future need for my services yeah. rather than phoning up and trying to sell to anybody who picks up the phone. And you're, you're choosing the right moment, common sense, right? When they are going to be moving forward into the buying process, mm-hmm. you have created the right, the right environment and relationship for that to be, for Absolutely. that to be successful. So Absolutely, you know, that's yeah. a, I think the other, the other thing I think that is common sense is to do your research now the customers are doing research and there is no excuse for the modern sales professional to not do research probably what used pre the internet probably what was a great question was you know when you meet the customer the first time you know please tell me about your company please tell me about your organization now you should know you should know you should have done the research i was looking online i had a look at your website i looked at that i noticed that and did you ask this and you asked you ask kind of questions you ask questions mm-hmm. to about what you already know and then you mm-hmm. then you're sort of building and i just think that's that's respectful absolutely uh, yeah well i think well i always say flattery works wonders it doesn't matter what age or what sex people are um the more you know about people information is ammunition and i think that by demonstrating early on that you know a bit about them it kind of proves to them that you've done your research they're not just a name and a number on a list you've got a script to read to them so i often often apologize for phoning people and i'd say hey simon sorry for the random phone call but i saw your profile the other day and i've just been looking deeper and i can see that you've worked for so and so for this long and that you've worked your way up or, or or that you wrote this article and uh, and I, so I, I kind of almost do that to break the ice. So it feels like a very almost a spontaneous call rather yeah. than a sales call. 
Um, but so where would you do your research then, Simon? I, you look, we've got we've got Google at our fingertips, right? And you, you may you may work for an organization that has that has research available to you, but you've got you've got a ton of stuff, you know, customers' website. Even when I'm working with key account managers sometimes. You know, people looking after possibly one company, one customer. And I'll say, when's the last time you went to your customer's website? Uncomfortable shifting, right? <laughs> have a, have a, now, maybe, it's, you know, if you know your customer really well, you should, you'll know about things before they go, before they go on there. Yeah. Setting up Google alerts can be a really good way, by the way, to, to keep up to speed with, with what, mm -hmm. with what customers are doing. I mean, there's a ton of ways to, to, to now do your, um, to do your, your research on, mm -hmm. on online and find it find out about customers linkedin etc social media a ton of a ton of different ways <clears throat> yeah and i think you know there really is no no excuse even yeah, well, even even an initial piece of research because i was going to say people sometimes say prospecting well i've got to say something hmm. i need to say something <laughs> so i would say you probably what you need is is a value hypothesis and then a value proposition. So to your point, maybe about solution sales, Anthony, a value mm. hypothesis is here's how we have helped organizations that are similar to you to overcome these kind of challenges and deliver these kind of results. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're the same, <clears throat> but mm -hmm. I was just interested to know if those resonate for you. I've worked with other people in pharmaceutical. They often have mm -hmm. these kind of challenges. Is that something you're facing yeah. and here and here's how we here's how we could help you here's how we could a value proposition is then when you've done your research you found out more here's mm. how we can help you specifically with your things but you can't do your value proposition yeah until you've done the information and the research that you mentioned yeah absolutely right. and um often describe when uh, the, the middle part of the call is i often say the conversation is around establishing your credibility some people refer to it as perfecting your pitch so when i used to stand on stage i'll say the best way to perfect your pitch is to share a success story somebody can relate to which is exactly yeah. what you were describing when you can say to them well here's somebody in your industry that i've worked with and here's a couple of the problems that i've helped them to solve the likelihood is is that industry problems that other companies are, are, are struggling with too um and it just kind of allows your clients to speak for you it's a great way that's what i meant about dropping off your pizza menu on a first call when if there isn't an imminent need the way you establish a credibility is saying well look there, it sounds like there could be a future need why don't you look at what people in your industry say about us and then i plant that seed of um and at some point let maybe i could do a test drive with you and i could show you how it works and that test drive could be to put that value proposition forwards and put forward some kind of proposal or quotation. So when, and I should say folks, when Anthony refers to pizza menus, um, <laughs> he is not actually selling pizzas. What he's saying is the, the analogy, the analogy is you have the menu at home from your local pizza place. If you want to buy a pizza, it's there at yeah. that time. And you're dropping off what you're, you're seeding yourself as a, a potential it's, value. It, I would say source. it's an awareness thing. It's, yeah. it's like I say, it's the dropping off. It's making sure you've got their number, not knocking on their door and asking if they want to order because yeah. 
let's be honest, if, if Domino's knocks on your door at half past 10 on a Tuesday morning, you're probably going to slam the door in their face. It's a bit rude and presumptuous <laughs> to think you're ready to order. So it's, yeah, if you can think of it like that, uh, that that's tends to be what I mean. But the dropping off of that menu isn't your a list of services and prices. It's the case study. It's yeah. the example of how you've done this for other people before. And this links to probably... The, the 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 common sense principle <clears throat> that is the the umbrella for all of this which is customer or client first right mm. you've got to be focused on them first <clears throat> as i've as i've said a number of times and i've written in you know a number of times in my books i, I may be a more polite version of this but <laughs> the customer is not interested in you they're not interested in your company they're not interested in your products or services yes. they are interested in what those do for them that is just common sense we all self-focus to a certain degree yeah. so find out always find out what the customer is interested in. customer focus first so therefore, to answer this point, share a success story of another customer. So they're going to be far more interested in what another customer says or you've done than in what you say about yourself. So if you can use customers as examples, it shows a customer focus. And customer first in proposals, in pitching, in, in sales presentations, mm. start with the customer. Yeah. And then lead to your solution. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I think it probably came from you, Simon. Somebody saying one thing about proposals is it should have their logo all over it. It shouldn't look like it's your document. It should look like it's their document. Um, so simple things like that. Um, I I know that we do have to keep this episode short, but I want to just just skip back a tiny bit with regards yeah, sure. to, with the, regards to that research bit because I think there's kind of two elements there uh, from a smart being smart in sales, um, which is you've got the research part, which is the information you know about people before you phone them it will help you angle your approach and 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 what you might say to them but you've then also got insight which can be useful industry stuff but it can also yeah. be from your marketing department if you know which articles people are reading who's opening the emails that can direct your focus and your activity to the hotter leads the people who are showing an interest that might require a quick follow-up and and yeah if somebody if you know somebody's downloaded a paper or or a reading something of yours it's worth phoning them to say what did you think was it useful was there anything missing was there any mm. questions <clears throat> Is there anything else that we we could do and uh, or even anything else you're hoping we're going to write about next? What a great question to ask somebody. Well, I think that's also a part of uh, as well, and which is probably the advanced common sense. Right. So so we've said to, exactly to your point, we've said they're doing their research. <clears throat> now, what's kind of interesting is that research that they're doing won't always give them. <clears throat> what they need and sometimes mm -hmm. customers and and if you don't if you don't believe Anthony and I uh Gartner did some research uh the research is the sense making seller was published in 2021 so it was a b2b buyer analysis of how they are approaching buying and also how customers are approaching providing customers with with information and they looked at three broad approaches. There was the giving approach. And this was kind of the, uh, I can get you a lot of information from the seller. So the primary strategy, give the customer lots of information, 
respond to all of their requests can just add to the customer's overwhelm and confusion. <laughs> the telling, let me tell you what you need to know. You share your own perspective with buyers and it's based on your own extensive personal uh, experience. That can be useful, right? It does work some of the time. They're, they're particularly, they're, they're looking for guidance from a figure of authority or from someone knowledgeable. What Gartner found, though, that what they referred to as sense-making and the phrase here was, there's an awful lot of information. Let me help you make sense of it. It was to guide the customer, described as a guiding style in, in certain ways. You're guiding the customer and you're prioritizing simplicity over comprehensive detail. Insight, I think, Anthony, was the phrase, what is the most important thing I need to know as a seller? What are the two or three most important things? You're then guiding the customer you're helping the customer to make sense of what is going on the sense of all the conflicting information they might have found all of the different information sources that's just you're just helping people to be less confused right yeah and, and yeah. to make sense to make sense <laughs> of all the options and the things that are most important to them absolutely and i think on, on that front it was um uh I can't remember who this came from, but they um, people when they're buying usually have two main questions because they think they've done their research and they think they've understood. And their two questions usually are, well, how much is it and yeah. how quickly can I have it? Because time and money are the things that they value most. Um, and I ended up using this as an answer when somebody said, how do you become a trusted advisor? And I uh, and, and it just sort of fell out. And I said, well, once you've answered those two important questions of how much is it and, and how quickly they, can they have it, because that's what they're going to ask you, I would then say to them, but here are three questions that I think you should be asking. Yeah, great. Help you decide in the market who you should be going with and what's important. And once you start to guide people on the right questions to ask, you, you kind of you, you end up, like you say, helping them make sense of it. But you'll then end up earning the right to make a recommendation which yeah. our good friend Phil M. Jones told me is, is the, the, the traits of a great salesperson is they earn the right to make a recommendation. And I think it's only in that sense making can you build the rapport and almost authority in that conversation to be able to do them. Whereas I think with telling, some people might find it patronizing or that you're being arrogant about it because you're telling them your perspective and perhaps not feeling yeah. as listened to. But I think the telling thing is interesting because the, the, the Gartner research shows that the sense-making approach is likely to win what they refer to as high-quality, low-regret deals. So the, the customer's super happy. So mm -hmm. three out of 10 success rate was giving. Mm -hmm. Out of 10 deals, three out of yep. 10 successful with it with a giving approach. Mm -hmm. Telling is five out of ten so half the time so, so i think it's interesting that that reminds me of professor robert cialdini's authority principle you may be positioning i'm a bit confused i'm not quite sure what to do someone with great confidence and certainty <laughs> who you, gives you advice and that's working but he's eight out of ten for sense making right that's interesting mm -hmm. that, that's the highest that's a pretty good strike rate right 80 percent's a pretty good yeah. pretty good hit rate where you're helping. And I bet, Anthony, to your point, when you say, and I think there's these three questions you should be asking, that's when they pick up their pen, be it an electronic pen or a normal, or they start tapping the notes and they are writing down or capturing yeah. the questions you've suggested. Yeah. And that's yeah. great because they're going to use that to, to, to inform 
Yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, Simon. We didn't even I didn't even suggest that I might mention this. But another thing, another great question, when you kind of you've scoped it, you feel like you understand them and you, you're getting to the stage where you're going to put your kind of proposal forwards. Um, I often think that I like to ask people about how they're going to be making their decision or what's important yeah. about this decision for them, because the, the chances are they might be speaking to another company as well. Yeah. So I'd often say to them, could I just ask you to kind of prioritize or, or, or kind of tell me how these things fit into your decision making? Is it down to speed? As in, is this an urgent thing that you need doing yeah. as quickly as possible? Is it down to price and it needs to be as cheap as possible uh, or is there a budget that we need to keep it under um or is it down to quality and making sure you have the right product and you're getting the right thing okay because i think that quite often i always start with the is it down to speed because if you need just to go quickly tell me now i'll mm. get the proposal rushed through i'll double check how quickly our delivery team can come out and i'll we'll get straight to it whereas if speed isn't that important it's down to the quality then i want to make sure that my proposal is yeah. very comprehensive and i'm and I'll be honest with you, for most of the companies I work with, nobody ever leads with price, right? What they might say is, well, price will come into it, but it's got to be the right solution. Yeah. Ah, okay. Brilliant. So all of a sudden, price just might, might suggest that they've been given a budget, not that the lowest price is going to win the deal. So sometimes something like that can help you get inside the client's mind to know what it is that is going to float their boat. Do they just need a quick fix? They want the cheapest product or thing to fix that as, as, as a as a plaster. That's all they want for it. Or are they actually after something a lot more comprehensive that's going to make it stronger? And so well, I think I think this comes back to that principle that people buy for their reasons, not yours. And you're finding out what those reasons are. Right. So don't. We're not yeah. we're not we're not making any assumptions. Now you can make some considered estimates based on an industry or your experience that people mm -hmm. typically are interested in these things, mm -hmm. but we don't know that for every single customer. That's yeah. that's the advanced yeah. common sense. And customers yeah. may have some very, very different reasons sometimes. Yeah. Or even if it's the same five reasons, they're weighted differently for each purchase. Yeah. Even let's I'm hypothetically saying, let's say it's always five. Yeah. Which of those five, which I think is probably not the case, but which of yeah. those five is the most important for this customer based upon their context? Yeah. Fantastic. And the great thing about knowing you're going to ask questions like that is you can then have case studies and testimonials ready for depending on which answer they go for. If they choose speed, then pick a client that's asked you to act quickly and, and, yeah. and, and move fast with a project where they've mentioned it. If it's down to the quality and the results and the outcomes they got, you'll have another one up your sleeve specifically for that, too. So it just helps you plan planning conversations a little bit ahead of time um, and having ammunition up your sleeve, whether it's insight, research, case studies, um, it's just really useful to have just with, with the case studies, don't fall into the trap of just name dropping. Yeah, because I think that's what a lot of salespeople tend to do is mention their biggest client in the hope that that's going to impress rather than mentioning one that's relevant, that's going to connect. And that's really what you want with the with the prospect. 
And always as well, I think, is just to reiterate, just checking back in and checking you're correct. It's okay to make some educated estimates about what what customers are likely to need. The like, You'll know your marketplace very well. You'll know the likely pain points that your service or solution solves. And there will often be a degree of commonality. However, never make assumptions. Check. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so I love that um uh, est- uh, uh, oh, uh educated um estimates. Yes. Because people like you say people say don't make assumptions. The thing is is it when your assumptions right people call it intuition. And one of the most powerful yeah. things you can do <laughs> quite often is say what somebody's thinking. So I think as long as it's there's there's an uh, an education you've thought about why or you can justify why you're going to make an assumption. Yeah. If it is incorrect, sometimes people can see the misunderstanding and don't just think that you're stupid and stabbing in the dark. They could un- maybe understand how you got to that point. But um yeah, fascinating. Um, can we, before we wrap up, because I know timing wise, um, we need to keep these episodes pretty short. There's just one other thing that I think is just, yeah, potentially advanced common sense, but just common sense. Update your CRM system, people. Put notes. When you talk to people, when you do research, store it somewhere. This information is ammunition. And if you don't write notes, you're going to set traps for your colleagues who are then going to phone these people and not know that you've spoken to them a few days before. And even if you're going to phone, and particularly if if you're you're following your approach, which is to identify the right time when the customer is going to be ready to have a conversation, mm-hmm. and you're you're feeding your CRM, which then becomes the goldmine that feeds you, right? As, yeah, you, as, these, as, as you start to start to develop, don't trust your memory, right? It might it might be a month, it might be two months, it might you've had a lot of calls, you've had a lot of things with customers, a few a few sensible notes in the CRM. And how how wonderful is that for the customer when you say, I, I spoke to you in, you know, the mm-hmm. second week of January, Rahul, and uh, at that yep. stage you told me to, 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 these things. And, yep. and the, Rahul, sit, the customer, the potential customer is going, wow, yep. yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 yeah. and you're at, and he nods right. he nods yes and they nod they nod and smile yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so i have a day book in front of me i write down everything because i do have a bit of a memory like a sieve one of the little bit one of the little details that people often seem to be blown away by at the beginning of this is i often write how many minutes we spoke for so if i know we've spoken for 12 minutes like you said we're going hey Raul, yes i know we spoke back in june i think hang on i've got my notes here 12 minutes we were chatting weren't we and we covered a lot i know you told me about dun 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 you can then recap it shows you are paying attention it shows you listen they even forget about the things they told you um and and once you they realize you've got excellent notes they know that you pay attention to detail that you're dependable it just helps massively you're a pro you're a pro and and i think just one one final thing um before we finish as is common sense is is to be like a doctor to be like a physician to be like a medical professional my son's a my son's a doctor right if you go and see your doctor and you say i'm not feeling great and the doctor goes never mind sorry to hear it have these tablets take one three times a day with food or whatever 
You'd run a mile, Anthony, wouldn't you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Doctors, doctors <laughs> diagnose and then they prescribe. That that's that's just what a doctor common sense. A doctor would never do otherwise, right? No matter how experienced the doctor is, yep. they they might have a reasonably good idea just looking at you, but they're gonna do their diagnosis to to be absolutely certain that they know what the problem are. Then they give the solution in, in the in the medication or whatever prescription the person needs. Sell like a doctor. <laughs> diagnose, <laughs> diagnose, and then you're in a position to be able to give the person exactly mm. the the best the best solution that they need. So and get out your own head, get inside the customer's head, right? That's that's the overarching, I think, common sense principle. The customer's the one with the money. Customers buy for their reasons, find out what they are. Mm-hmm. It show show the value you've brought to other customers show the value you can bring to their customers you mm-hmm. are likely to outperform your competition who are turning up and doing spray and pray or <laughs> go up and throw up or, or whatever whatever kind of we might we might uh we might, we might mr steers any closing thoughts for our wonderful listeners Uh, I think that although we joke about this being advanced common sense, I think a lot of us know this stuff, particularly if you've been in sales for a while. And it's that adage about the um, uh, the uh, how often do you sharpen your axe? And I think when you're in sales, you're in the rat run, your 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 targets reset every month. We're often chasing people. We we get away with cutting corners, uh, and we get away with it for a while, and then all of a sudden our results tip off, and, and we don't we can't quite put our finger on it. And sometimes it's about stepping back, like you said, following that process, understanding the process, getting into the customer's shoes. Okay, understanding, like you say, why they're doing it, uh, what the reasons are, uh, what their desired time frame is going to be. By knowing all of that, it's much easier to help somebody to buy rather than sell to them. So, yeah, that, that's it from me. Wonderful. Last thought from me, early stage interactions with customers. When you finished your meetings, you finish your calls, just reflect who was doing most of the talking. Because particularly in discovery early stage, you're asking questions and you're listening. You sh- should be speaking less and listening more. And if you're, if you're broadcasting when you should be receiving, that is not going to be good common sense, right? So as you maybe move further into when you're going to make your proposal and you talk, articulate your solution, that balance might, of course, shift. But definitely at the discovery early stage, the customer should be talking mainly and you should be asking questions and listening. That's how you gather the information to be able to to sell successfully. So, yeah, make sure um, as the old cliche goes, common sense isn't isn't always common practice. But if we apply these common sense, these advanced common sense principles, you're going to be a whole lot more so successful as a sales professional than you are against your, your competition. So, Mr. Sears, thank you very much for your, your input for this session. Folks, there are 250 plus episodes in our back catalogue, which is available from all the major podcast platforms. So wherever you prefer to access, get your podcast from, you'll find the Sales Chat Show. If you could, please give us a review. If you like this episode, give us give us a review. That's always, and, and some and give us a rating. That would be absolutely wonderful and appreciated. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to debate or discuss on the Sales Chat Show, go to our website, saleschatshow.com. 
and there'll be a, a facility on there for you to send those questions across to us. And we'd love to feature your uh, questions, your your topics in future episodes. And if you subscribe to the Sales Chat Show, you'll be notified every time we release a new episode, which we do on a regular basis. In the meantime, on behalf of everybody at the Sales Chat Show, we'd just like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 